Let's meet five mighty women. We are heading across the warm Caribbean waters to a place called Better for Acting. I am Neville the Angelou. You are on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thank you, Ari. That's Middle Distance Runner and uniquely hilarious Ari Perez. In my book, Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, that is Illicet, spelt I-L-I-C-E-T, Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, I mentioned that I'm acquainted with a few mighty women, and I went on to honor them. We are honoring our mighty women, women who have used their intelligence, imagination, sense of wonder, and tenacity to make extraordinary contributions, especially in the fields of science, technology, engineering, math, and the arts. Our theme is Women Inspiring Innovations Through Imagination. Joining us to honor their mighty women on these four segments of our journey are Mistress Paulette Ragabeer, lecturer at the University of Guyana, Major Jewel George of the United States Air Force, romance author Carolyn Bell of Nottingham, England, and Dr. Keith Yearwood, lecturer of the University of Maryland. Then you will be in for another great treat as Dr. David Jenkins, professor and head of department at Texas Christian University, and Bruce Carter of American Airlines share with us their most remarkable journey. On our way to Betafoacting, Guyana, it is located on the northern coast of South America, tucked between Venezuela at its west, Brazil at its south, and Suriname at its east. There we will meet science lecturer of the University of Guyana, Mistress Paula Dragabeer. She will introduce us to her five mighty women. There are a few things I ought to tell you about Paula Fragabeer before you meet her. 
She is a fascinating woman pursuing a doctorate in transformational leadership. In addition to lecturing at the University of Guyana, she is a leader in her church and believes strongly in what she calls servant leadership. As a young wife with three wee little children, her husband, a remarkable man, Mr. Lloyd Ragabeer, died while they were in Jamaica. Paulette raised her children, serving as a high school science teacher in Jamaica, then again at Rockwall Christian Academy in the state of Texas. She returned to Guyana as a high school vice principal and then principal and is now a lecturer in biology at the University of Guyana. She resides in Betafawakting, more commonly referred to as BV. Let's go to meet her. Paulette, it is a joy to have you join us on the journey. Welcome. Would you tell us just a little bit about yourself, please? Thank you. I am the third of eight children. Uh, yes, there are five <laughs> girls and three boys. Five girls are not in a row, and we are older than our brothers. But we have a wonderful relationship. Uh, our parents are no longer with us. They are deceased. Mm -hmm. But um, we have kept in touch with each other, and it's, it's a real joy to be in such a, a large household. Of course, now that we're all grown and we're not elbowing each other. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we have a good thing going. Some of us live in Guyana and some are out of Guyana, so we travel around to meet each other whenever it's uh, convenient to do so. Where are the others? Um, one lives in Tortola, ah. trying to go see her probably in a month or so. Okay. And um, three of them live in the United States. I didn't Two know. live in New Jersey and one lives in New York. Ah. Uh -huh. Okay. So four of us live in Guyana. Of course, uh, three of us are at BV. That's where we grew up. Uh huh. And um, the other one lives on the West Bank. Okay. Yeah. So that accounts for all eight of us. <laughs> <laughs> and I trust that all eight of you are doing fine. Yes, all eight of us are doing fine. But we're getting up in age, but oh, that's not a problem. Age is just a number. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I teach at the University of Guyana in the Department of Biology, Faculty of Natural Sciences. Mm -hmm. So I teach uh, cell biology most of the time. Mm -hmm. I teach the first year students, and I also have a stint with the final year students. Mm hmm and um, of course, I have three children. They are all married now, and so the uh, relationship is a different one mm -hmm. because now I have to give them their space, and and you know we relate in a different way, um, very different than if they were in my own household and they were with me as children. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a wonderful relationship, you know. It's 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 very liberating for me okay. because. <laughs> Because now I don't have to think of, you know, taking care of this one and that one and the other one. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's really been, been very good. I have one grandbaby. She is um, three years old and her name is Cara. Oh, Cara is a joy. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we all dote on her. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I see pictures of her 
Of course. Oh, I'm sure you do. Carla yes. has many pictures floating <laughs> <Yeah>. on the web. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Uh, well, Paul, what's what's your favorite book? You know, I would have to say that my favorite book is the Bible. And I know it may sound a little bit strange, but really, when I think of the times when I'm miserable or the times when I feel like cussing out everybody <laughs> or the times when I, I'm just, you know, you just want to jump into a hole and hide, uh-huh. that's the book that I can go to and I can find a word in that book that will put me right on track. Uh-huh. However, I know that in asking that question, you were not expecting uh, that particular answer because we know that the Bible is the infallible Word of God, and and persons have have uh, resorted to using the Bible over centuries, and it still stands. Mm-hmm. So, if I were to think of another book that has um, impacted me greatly, it would be a book that is entitled Ministry at the Margins, and it's a book by Barry Wade. It's a, a book written by a Jamaican guy, mm-hmm. and. It is a book that actually, um, when I think of your book, Illicit, mm-hmm. uh, Ministry at the Margins takes it up a notch. Ah. In the sense that Barry is writing about ministry to persons uh, in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a book that chronicles the first 10 years of a health ministry which was started by his church. Ah. And uh, there are many case studies, and these case studies are riveting mm-hmm. because the things that the persons have gone through are so, oh, they're out of this world. <laughs> there are persons who have been homeless. There are persons who have been addicted to drugs. There are persons who have been involved in crime. They've killed other persons. They have done all sorts of things. There are persons who have been abused. There are persons who have been victimized. Mm-hmm. And those stories, the way Barry uh, relates what mm. happens to the, in terms of the life journeys of those persons. I mean, it's amazing. Mm. Because what he has shown, now let me give you a little bit of information on Barry, which is what makes it very striking for me. Barry is really uh, an environmental scientist, and he's also a consultant. So he started at the University of the West Indies for many years, mm-hmm. and he has been involved in their uh, environmental programs. Mm-hmm. And he's got many accolades because of the work that he's been doing there at the university. Mm-hmm. Now, coming out from that kind of background, mm-hmm. here is Barry, who is gripped with what is happening in the uh, in the inner city. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he was looking at, um, at one program one day. And then uh, in looking at this program, there was a lady who said, who will help us? Who will give voice for us? Because nobody cares. Mm-hmm. And that with him on the inside and he thought you know what I want to make a difference Mm. Uh, eventually it paid off and they were able to make uh, contributions Mm -hmm. valuable contributions to the Jamaican society wonderful 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 and repeat the name of the book for us please again the name of his book is Ministry at the Margins Ministry at the Margins I just love that title Yes, and his name is Barry A. Wade, W-A-D-E. Barry A. Wade. Yes, well, well, yes. Thank, thank you so much. Very interesting book. Okay. Uh, well, who or what would you say has been the greatest influence in your life? I would have to say that the greatest influence in my life has been Jesus Christ himself. Mm-hmm. And um, 
that of course takes me uh, over to oh I can think of so many different areas. Um, the greatest influence in that uh, before I got saved and before I knew him as my friend and, and savior, I was a bit confused. Well, maybe more than a bit confused. <laughs> a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, you're at school, at high school, and there's so many roads. You know, which 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 road do you take? Which path do you do you follow? Um, of course, you can at that age. Okay, I got saved at 17. You can at that age look around you and you can see several different avenues. And you're thinking, well, if I go down this one, what is going to happen? If I go down that one, what is going to happen? If I follow this road, what what will be the result? Of course, it's pretty difficult to stand at the at the corner as a, a teenager and try to figure out what's going to happen in 20 years. Right. Because you know you don't have that uh, experience behind you to inform you of of some of the the ups and downs and and so you really don't know which path to take. Right. So in surrendering my life to Him, um, I recognize that you know what. God, you made me, you are responsible for me, and you know what should happen to me, so I am fine. I'm now in good hands. And I've never regretted that decision. Good. That's, that's wonderful. So, uh, over the years, you know, he has he has been there for me. I'm not saying that over the years everything has been easy and everything has been, been um, all hunky-dory, but it's been good. <laughs> Uh, what life experience would you say has been most challenging for you? Uh, the life experience that has been most challenging for me is, of course, the death of my husband. Yeah. Uh, when Lloyd died, I lost a very good friend, my best friend. Yes. Um, it was very uh, difficult, very traumatic. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, what compounded that is the fact that uh, I had three very young children. Mm-hmm. And I was not living in my own country at the time. I was living in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fortunately for me, uh, we had made friends with uh, quite a lot of the persons uh, there at the church we went to. And so they were uh, very supportive during that time. Um, Another good thing for us is the fact that um, Lloyd did a lot of networking while he was alive. Right. And so they were friends uh, right around the world. I mean, you were one who called during that time. Yes, yes. Yeah. Friends right around the world who supported us and, and who were there uh, with us and um, and who were, were sympathizing with us. And, and they were, as it were, undergirding us during that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really appreciate all of those friends and, and the, the outpouring of, um, of support that we received at a time when it was really very difficult. Um, coming out of that life experience, that very challenging life experience, I have learned what it is to to befriend others and to and to help them through difficult times. I have also learned what it is to trust God. I, I really can say that coming out of that, I am a stronger person. Because I just threw myself on God. I said, well, God, I don't know what to do now. You have to help me. Mm-hmm. And um, looking back, he has helped me. He has been with me uh, through thick and thin. 
And um, my children have learned a lot because I remember they would come to me, uh, you know, concerning different things. And they'd say, Mom, I need this, and Mom, I need that. And, of course, Mom does not have all of the resources. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I'd say to them, well, you know what? God is your father, and so you've got to pray. And he's going to find solutions somehow. Right. And, you know, even now, they remind me of those times. Right. They said, you know, remember, Mom, you used to say to us that we have to pray for this and we have to pray for that. Mm-hmm. For example, I was talking with my daughter not so long ago. Mm-hmm. And... um. I was saying to her, I said, but you know, for a young person, you've got so many things. What are you doing with all these things? <laughs> and she said to me, she said, Mom, I remember I pray for what I want. You don't have to do that. <laughs> so she, she was reminding me that I, I told them and taught them, well, you know, we just need to pray for what we want and God is going to take care of us. Now, of course, uh, when I'm saying that, I don't want to sound to the listener that, you know, we just have. Uh, everything on the Lord, and we don't do anything. And I don't mean that we are are um, neglecting our our responsibilities mm. and just just um, sitting waiting on everything to happen. No, it's not quite like that. Because you have to be industrious and you have to do whatever it is that you are um, that is going to bring in an income for you. Mm-hmm. And when I say whatever it is, maybe I should qualify that you are going to do. Uh, a regular job or a regular business that's going to bring in income for you and your family. Mm-hmm. You do the best that you can do. Now, in addition to that, you are asking God, okay, God, help me and show me what to do and, and how to use my resources so that we would have enough to take care of us. So um, it's with that in mind that, I, that I'm saying what I'm saying. Um, but God has been a friend to us. He has been a father for my children. He has been a husband for me in a sense that he has been there to comfort me. Mm-hmm. And so now I am much, much stronger as a result. So if you were to write a book then for future generations to reflect upon, what would be the title of your book? Oh, the title of my book would be God's Grace to Me. Because he has really extended grace to me when I don't deserve a thing. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm the apple of God's eye and I'm so special to him. I'm no more special to God than anybody else in this whole wide world. But he has been so gracious to me and he has extended that grace over and over and over again. When I made foolish decisions, when I did a lot of things that were uh, probably uh, shouldn't have been done at the time, you know, it is a wrong time for everything or a right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not um, turn his back on me, but, you know, he was there and, and he helped me along. So God's grace to me is definitely uh, one of the things that's uppermost in my mind if you think of the title of a book. But I was talking with a, a friend. I was talking with uh, Jennifer Morrison. I think you know her. Yes, I know her, yes. And Jennifer was saying to me, well, you know, when I look at you and your children and the way God has helped you over the years, I think the title of your book should be The Widow's Might. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't realize that. That's good. Oh, okay. so I actually started to write. Uh-huh. So I, have, I don't know, maybe twenty pages. Not not many. <laughs> so I get back to it sometimes. How long? How how long ago have you started this? And how, you know, when are you? It's about um, oh, I don't 
know, I probably started it about a year ago. I I don't know when I'm going to revisit it. Uh, now that I have this doctoral program that I'm running with, um, it does take quite a lot of my time. Yeah, okay. So I, I'll pick it up sometime. <laughs> well, I'll make sure that I touch bases with you to see that you're on top of it. <laughs> I'm on top of it. Okay, well, now that I have somebody who is going to be saying, well, what is happening with this book? Maybe I'll be happy. Well, um... Well, you know that we w- one of the reasons uh, I invited you to be on the program um, is to share with us your five mighty women. Oh, yes. Uh, so I'll let you run with it. Well, thank you. Uh, five mighty women. Of course, my mom is one of them. <laughs> okay. Ma- now, I lived in a, a nuclear household, mm-hmm. a nuclear family. Mm-hmm. But my mother was a, a really special lady in that she was very industrious. She didn't have uh, many, many, many friends, but she was very kind. You know, she would help the neighbors. She would help somebody who would sit down the road. Uh, at Christmas time, she would send us with baskets to persons in the community, you know, old folk, uh, shut-ins, um, and others. You know, you take little goodies for them. Um, but she took care of her family in a way that was really very special. Because now that I look back, I'm thinking, eight kids, how do you manage eight kids? I mean, I was pulling my hair out over three, and I thought, God, where do I have three of them? What do I do with these kids? I was wondering, how did my mom cope with eight of us? But she did. And having five daughters all in a row, one, two, three, four, five, I'm the middle one, I'm the third one. She um, made dresses for us because it was cheaper for her to do that than for her to pay someone else to do it. Mm. And those dresses were really very pretty. Mm. So um, I learned to sew from her. Oh. Just looking at her and, and, and sitting and, and um, observing. So when I was 10, I was making my own clothes. I was making my school tops and skirts, and later I was able to make my own wedding dress, and I made wedding dresses for a few friends of mine, just from looking at her. Yes, and, um, you know, picking up a little bit here or there from a book or two, and um, so I've been able to do that. So my mother, she sewed, she uh, cleaned, did all of the things that, of course, the housewife would do, and in addition to that, she likes to do a little bit of gardening. She likes to do, um, she kept chickens and turkeys. I don't know how she managed all of that in one day. Mm. Still had our meals ready and, and so on. But one of the things that I remember about her is the fact that even though she was a housewife, she did not lose touch with uh, the academic world. Oh. She loved to read. Mm-hmm. She was also, you know, singing. You'd hear her singing hymns uh, around the house all the time. But um, at the time when I was in the third form, going to the fourth, or was it going to the third form? Anyway, I don't remember. Somewhere around there, in high school back then, we needed to choose which stream we were going to, to take. Are you going to go into the science stream? Are you going to go into the art stream? Are you going to go into the general stream? I think now it's not as clear-cut because, of course, of all of the overlaps. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. In those days, you, you chose one of those and you were locked into a certain um, set of subjects. Mm-hmm. So it was my turn to choose where I wanted to go. And so I went to her and I said, you know, Mom, we need to choose which stream we are going to go into. And I would like to go into the general stream because I like to sew. And if I go into that general stream, I'm going to be able to sew and I will be able to do art. And Mm -hmm. and I like doing art. Mm -hmm. And I would never forget what my mom said to me. Now, of course, um, your choice of stream was also uh, partly dependent on your grades in the different subjects. And so if you weren't doing well in a particular area, but of course you couldn't opt to go to that stream. Mm-hmm. Now in my case, I, you know, that was not a limitation. And so what she said to me, she said, you know what? You are going to go into the science stream. <laughs> she said, you can always learn to sew. You can always learn to draw and paint. And she was so right. I mean, that was so prophetic. Because she is the one who launched me into science, and I have never looked back, and I have never regretted that decision. Mm-hmm. Because indeed, as she says, I can sew, and I can sew quite well. I can draw, and I can paint to represent myself fairly okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I have a science career, because I've been in the area of science on, from all of those years, and I have not regretted one day of it. Good. Wonderful. Um, That was... Very, very good advice that um, came from my mom. And um, she was adamant. She said, no, you're not going to go into the other stream. So I'm grateful that she made that decision for me. Now, who's who's your second mighty woman? My second mighty woman actually is a Colombian. Her name is Margarita Mitchell. Margarita is phenomenal. She came to Guyana uh, with her husband and two little boys uh, quite a few years ago, maybe about uh, maybe about 20 years ago now, around that time. Mm-hmm. And um, she didn't know any English. Her husband, I think, was working with a French company in Guyana at the time. So she came to Guyana, didn't know English, Spanish, native Spanish speaker, and um, over the years, Margarita has been able to establish a school of excellence in Guyana. Hmm. He is the director of the New Guyana School. I don't know if you have ever heard of the New Guyana School. No, I haven't. Uh-huh. Well, um, that school has worked wonders for many Guyanese, and it's a school of excellence, not just by name, but also looking at their product. Mm-hmm. There are students who have left the New Guyana School and they have carved out important niches for themselves uh, in and outside of Guyana. Mm-hmm. Um, their school uh, focuses on teaching the the very young students, you know, the three-year-olds and, and four-year-olds, mm-hmm. them to read, and teaching them to write from very early. And um, it's amazing what they have been able to do uh, in in Guyana. They've used uh, the ABECA program for a lot of their um, teaching. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's the, the early curriculum. Is this a primary school or a...? Uh, it's primary and secondary. Oh, okay, it's both. Nursery. It's nursery, primary, and secondary, oh. yes. Hmm. And so a student who enters their school at the nursery level can go on to the primary and then into the secondary level. And um, there have been many, many success stories. Uh, hmm. Her students have, have been top of the country at different times, at the uh, primary level, at the secondary level as well. And uh, some of her students have gone to universities abroad, and they have excelled. Wonderful. So when I look at the work that Margarita has done in Guyana, I am amazed. Now, in addition to being involved in, um, in the academic world, Margarita has also been involved in, um, in counseling a lot of people. Mm -hmm. She is a nutritionist. And um, so she has been able to, to talk to lots of parents and to, to interact with them at different levels and to help them. Uh, she has also been able to offer scholarships to students who could not afford to go to her school. Mm -hmm. And um, that, I think, is, is commendable. I remember when we returned to Guyana in 1998, uh, I went to see her because I had met her the year before when I was here in um, 97. Somebody had mm -hmm. introduced me to her. And uh, when I returned in 98, she wanted me so badly to be part of her school. So I was actually the vice principal of her school for a number of years. But um, when we got back here, I went to visit her and I took Danny Bell with me. So she was talking with Danny Bell. And um, so she said, to, she said to her, oh, I want you to come to my school. So I said to her, well, I don't know if I'd be able to afford to send her to the school because you know, it, was, it costed so much. So she said, oh, no, I want to give her a scholarship for her to come to this school. So she ended up giving Danny Bell a scholarship to her school, and, and even then I got a scholarship to attend the new Guyana school. Mm. And you know, I'm really grateful because um, their time there was, was really well spent. And, uh, of course, both of them have done very well. Mm -hmm. Danny went on to study um, history, and then she did post-grad work in, in education. Uh, Delon studied computer science, and then he did um, postgraduate work in um, project management. So um, Margarita has, has laid the foundation for many, many students in and out of Guyana, and I think that um, that is really excellent for someone who did not know any English when she came here to Guyana. Of course, now she knows some English. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's wonderful. I wouldn't say that she's proficient in the language yet, but she can represent herself very well. Jean said to me, listen, 
you can call me up at any time. If in the in the middle of the night or early in the morning you're all crying and you don't know what to do and you are all distressed and worn out and, and whatever the problem is, you just call me. And I really did take her up on that a couple of times and, and I mean it was so comforting to know that, you know, there's another human being that you're talking to when you really need somebody. So Jean has been there for us. Jean is the type of per- was the type of person who reached out to persons wherever they were in society. So she was able to relate to the prime minister. She was able to relate to the person who was living in the inner city. She was able to relate to the person who lived on the street. I mean, her um, her range was so wide, and she was so very versatile. Mm. Jean was a lady who played the guitar. She <laughs> sang. She she um, was involved in skip. I mean, the youth loved her because she was so approachable and and she was the type of person who you can tell anything to, and mm. you knew she she would understand. And and she was right there with you, right there on the ground floor with you. If there was ever a transformational leader, Jean was one of them. Mm. Now- and. Yes. No, go ahead, go ahead. So, uh, one day she had sent me, well, you know, they're thinking, uh, well, they, meaning the person she worked with at ISIDCF, you know, they were offering her uh, other jobs, you know, they wanted to place her in other positions. And she said, no, 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 she's very comfortable just, just touching people. And the, the, the particular job description that she had at the time, being staff worker at ISIDCF, allowed her to touch all of these people. Mm-hmm. She was quite content to be right there where the people were. She was really a people person. You were going to ask me something. How did you get into contact with her? I guess because we were part of ISIBCF in Guyana. Oh, okay. When we got there, we linked up with ISIBCF there, and that is how we met you. Wow. It was really a precious time. I'm, I'm so sorry that she's no longer around, but then, of course, God knows our times and our seasons. Right. Um, so she passed away sometime after we left Jamaica. I think we were living in Texas at the time when I got the message that Jean Jean had gone to South Africa. She loved to go to South Africa, and she would um, be singing with the children there and learning their language and teaching them some of the Jamaican songs and so on. And um, I think she ended up with um, uh, a stroke. You know, there was just a sudden stroke, hmm. and uh, and she passed away right there in South Africa. So they took the body back to Jamaica. Hmm. She was a really special person, Jean Denham. If you Google her name, I'm sure a lot of stuff will come up. <laughs> okay. My fourth mighty woman is a woman by the name of Yvonne Osman. Yvonne is a Ruban, but she lives in Guyana. Hmm. Uh, I think she's a naturalized Guyanese by now because she's been here for some time. I don't know if you have heard of Rashid Osman. I'm not sure that I do, but go ahead. Osman, uh, mm-hmm. he um, is a journalist in Guyana. Uh, so Yvonne is Rashid's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yvonne is another mighty woman because she has done so much in Guyana, particularly in the field of education. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though she is not a Guyanese birth, she adopted Guyana as her country. And she has been a blessing for many, many, many persons. She taught music at one point in time. 
And um, she also taught in the hinterland areas in Guyana at a time when a lot of persons didn't want to go to the hinterland regions. She went and she worked among the Amerindians in, um, in the hinterland regions. And um, she was able to, to impart a lot to them because, of course, at those times, because lots of persons did not want to go into the interior to work, the few who went were responsible for taking care of so many levels at the same time. So if you're teaching in a primary school, let's say, mm-hmm. you would be dealing with the students who are in standard one, and you also have students in standard two and standard three and four, and so you're, you're managing all of these students, and you're doing it simultaneously. It's a Herculean task. Yeah. But Ron was able to manage all of that and still remain sane. <laughs> 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 and, but coming out of that um, experience, she now has her own school. And actually, I was the principal of her school for a uh, number of years. Um, so she has a, a secondary school. Nehemiah Comprehensive School is the name of that school. And this is what makes that school very special and what makes Yvonne a very special person. Yvonne recognized that uh, in Guyana, a lot of students are marginalized because uh, they are poor performers. And so um, getting into the regular uh, secondary school is very difficult for those students because, well, they don't perform at a certain level. The, the entry level for them is very low. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said, you know what? I don't want to see these children marginalized anymore. I don't want to see them fall by the wayside. Because each of them is precious, mm-hmm. which is true. Oh, God didn't make junk. So God gave <laughs> all of us, and, you know, we are all precious. Mm-hmm. So she said, you know what, I am going to help these children. So her school is one of a kind, where she takes the students who nobody else wants, and she places them right there. So that her problem is twofold. She has one part of her school where we call it the remedial section of the school. The students come in and it's amazing. You would find a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old entering school and not knowing how to read. Mm. So those are placed in the remedial stream and, and there are special teachers who work with them to bring them to the place where they can read. And even if they're not ready to go into the academic stream, which is the other side of her school, they can do what they do very well. And so they learn different skills. Hmm. So skills training, and they are allowed to proceed at their own pace. And many, many students have been helped, and they have been shown that, hey, I can do this. I am somebody of value. And um, that has done a lot of their self-esteem, and they have been involved with many programs uh, nationwide, and um, that has done a lot for the students who previously did not have any hope. So Yvonne has served to give the students that kind of hope which they need, because all of us need to be hopeful. Right. That's the life. Yep. If not, they as well be dead. woman is a lady named Dr. Dale Dan. Say that again, please. Dr. Dale, D-A-L-E, mm-hmm. Dan, D-A-N. Mm-hmm. 
she uh, lives in the United States, but she was originally from Guyana. And she is uh, vice president of Bathy Graduation University. And she is just an amazing woman. Full of energy, like, you know, an energizer bunny. (laughs) (laughs) And goes and goes and goes in the fashionable. Now, Dale has been the person to bridge uh, a lot of countries to form a bridge between us and Bathy Graduate University. Hmm. And that is something that we are very grateful for. Now, when you say us, do you mean the University of Guyana? Uh, no, the country. Oh, the country. Uh-huh. The University of Guyana. That is just one part of Guyana. They <laughs> have brought Guyana. Right. She, brought, she took back into Trinidad. She took back into the Bahamas. She took back into Jamaica. She has been instrumental because she is the vice president of Baki and she is in charge of Florida and the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And she has done a phenomenal job in linking us with Baki Graduate University and providing scholarships for some of our people here in this region so that we can afford to, to be part of Baki Graduate University so that we can can uh, take advantage of the programs they offer. And she has been the one to to um, arrange for us to pay, um, arrange special packages for us so that we can pay overtime rather than paying all of the money up front. And um, she has done a, a tremendous job here in terms of even uh, launching local programs Mm-hmm. So that it's bringing the university to Guyana, it's not just uh, bringing it in the sense that we are all going to be doing doctoral programs, but there are also uh, master's programs that persons can do at Baki. Mm-hmm. And recently, she has brought to Guyana another uh, institution that exists in Florida. It's a CBT College. Now, CBT College offers programs that are geared towards persons who may not feel that they want to do a master's or they want to do a doctorate or maybe not even wanting to do a first degree. But the programs that CBT now offers would be uh, business administration and management so that you can have a 36-month program that will take you into uh, what? You can do, even if it's not the first degree level, you can, you can no, well, that's what takes you into a bachelor's degree. But there are some of them... Um, Electrical technology, let's say. You may have a program like this that um, caters for someone who wants to be a certified technician. Mm-hmm. And so the program is going to run for shorter than 36. Now, the 36-month program, sorry, that's a, a bachelor's program. But there are other programs that, uh, like electrical technology, um, persons who may want to do uh, office management, persons who may want to be involved in... Um, digital design, uh, graphic design, you may want to do refrigeration, things like that. Uh And so it is something that we are looking at here now because uh, now that this has come to our attention, she is forming links between uh, Caribbean countries and uh, CBT College there in Florida to see how our students here can benefit from that, uh, from the programs that are offered there and and how we we can fit into it. What CBT does is that um, a lot of their programs are are offered online, and so the theory part of the program is done online, and then the student is going to have a a practical uh, component, which is um, 
facilitated at one of the the institutions in Guyana. Mm-hmm. So, say a student of opts to do uh, electrical work, then uh, we now need to identify within Guyana a particular electrical workshop where the student is going to receive their their practical training and um, reported on because the person who we are assigning the student to would have to know the objectives of the program and they would have to know what it is that the student must know at the end of uh, one month, at the end of two months, however long that period is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, that, I think, is um, is very good for a lot of the skills training that would uh, take place here in Guyana. And of course, uh, coming out of uh, Yvonne Osmond's uh, setting, uh, the students would be would be thrilled to know that this is the next level that they can they can move on to. So um, Dale has been instrumental in in doing all of that and in showing us well, you know, there is more, so that we don't have to feel well we're hitting our heads against the ceiling and that's all that there is because of the constraints uh, within the country. These are five wonderful <laughs> women. Uh, it's it's lovely to know that um, uh, people are stretching out to yes, make it yes. life better for so many other folks around the world. Yes. It is time for today's standing question. Now, let me presume that you also are acquainted with a few mighty folks in your life and or in your community. So the question is this. What would you select to be the best qualities of your mighty person? What would you select to be the best qualities of your mighty person? Mistress Paula Dragovia, thank you for gracing us with your presence and for sharing your life and your five mighty women with us. I wish you success and blessings on your journey for you and your family. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for being on the program. Thank you so much. See you next week. <laughs>